big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And today, there is no lovely Lael Stone here. So hello to you, Lael, if you're listening. Today, instead, I have a lovely guest on, and that is Helena Mooney, who is an Aware Parenting Instructor. Welcome, Helena. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. And today we're going to be talking about children and travel and also like holidays and all of those kinds of things as well. So if you're in a place in the world where you're actually getting to travel some places, we are going to be talking a lot about plane travel, but this is also relevant to traveling in a car or a bus or a train and also whilst you're away, some of the things that where parenting could be really helpful with and we're sharing this because both of us uh, are originally from England and both live in Australia and have done lots of traveling back and forth when our children were young and um, we'd love to come and share our experiences with you. First of all Helena would you like to share a little bit about yourself and your journey with aware parenting? Yes sure Um, so I have a 13 nearly 14 year old and a 7 nearly 8 year old so uh, Marion, I found out about you on the back of the Calm Birth book when Emily was a baby. <laughs> so that was amazing. And I did a little bit of aware parenting, listening to upset feelings with my baby when she was three weeks old and then just thought, this is hot. This is weird. I can't do this. <laughs> Nobody does this. It's all very strange. Um, and then totally forgot about it. And then when Emily was about 10 months old, I was going, I'm exhausted. I'm not sleeping. She's starting to hit and bite. And oh my gosh, it was, it was really hard. And so then I reconnected with, well, when I'm, I'm desperate and nothing else was working. And then I saw your ads in the old magazines, um, Byron's Child. <laughs> and, uh, and then yes, booked in with session with you and then just haven't looked back since. But um, but those early days of aware parenting, you were the only one who was doing this. And I'm going, does anybody else listen to crying? This is really weird. Tell me that this is okay. <laughs> and now it's just like becoming a bit, it's just, it's just brilliant that my old people are embracing it. But at the time it was really, um, because there was, a, there was a few of us who were following a classic attachment parenting approach. And so we were going, we love the theory, but you know, our babies are not crying, you know, our babies are not sleeping and it was really hard. So gradually we sort of tentatively found a way of parenting. And, but in those early days, it was hard because yeah, there's nobody else doing it. So I was going, are you sure, Marianne? Are you sure this is okay? I remember you saying that and you said, oh, it's very, really weird, isn't it? You used to say, I was like... Yeah, my husband particularly would call it, what's this beardy, weirdy thing you're doing? I'm going, don't worry about it, dear. I'm just sorting this out. Let me, leave it to me. But yeah, I was. I was thinking this is weird because it's just... In my growing up from England, you just left babies to cry in prams at the end of the garden or you put the hoover on outside the bedroom. Um, uh, so... Yeah, none of this holding babies while they actually cried, but it's just been life changing. And so, so then I um, I trained to become an aware parenting instructor with you because I just loved it so much. <laughs> and um, and now, yeah, now I so I've aware parented my son from birth, which has just made an enormous difference. And I'm so grateful to aware parenting because now in the early teenage years, goodness, um, it's just helping immensely. So I'm 
yeah, I'm so grateful. It's such a powerful way of being with our children and with ourselves. It's just changed my whole life. So yeah, so now I'm an aware parenting instructor and I help parents too, which is so good. Yay. And how long have you been an instructor for now? Quite a few years, isn't it? Yeah, quite a long time. I think my son's nearly eight, so about that time. Oh yeah, and I trained as a doula beforehand. So I just love supporting mums and babies and children. It's such a powerful it's such powerful work and it's such powerful, amazing way of being with our babies and children. So, yeah, so a long time. So yummy. Are you happy to share? You said a little bit about the, what a difference it made starting right from early on with your son. Are you happy to share anything about that, the difference that you noticed knowing about this from those early days? Yes. Well, with Emily, I was just so stressed and we were just walking around trying to pat her to go to you know pat her into oblivion basically just going please go to sleep and just walking around and just constantly just it was exhausting whereas with George I listened to him I had a beautiful home birth at home which is gorgeous in the morning and then by the afternoon I think I had started to do a little bit of listening that same day just a little bit just to start going and just that that comfortableness with his feelings whether he was happy or sad um he's he's so in touch with his feelings like he will let me know how it is but what I've noticed is that he he will fall apart with me at home but can really hold himself well outside um whereas with Emily to begin with it was just hard and it even and it was just not matching how I wanted to parent I wanted to parent in a really connected lovely way but just finding that it just something was really missing and so starting to listen to feelings of a toddler was was helpful but it was harder than having your baby just lying in your arms crying and just that relaxness of his body we didn't have that with with my eldest and that just that deeper sense of connection I wasn't scared with with Emily I think I was a bit scared about oh god what am I doing wrong and are you okay and just a bit on eggshells and a bit anxious whereas with George there was just that greater comfortableness going I know how to help you I know um what you need right now and uh yeah that's a really powerful way to parent rather than the I'm not sure and oh my god and I'll try and placate you but please don't cry or please don't have a tantrum it's that just oh that strength I think that solidity and confidence it makes all the difference doesn't it just no I I cannot even imagine what be like to have children not to know about aware parenting and not to have a, a way of deeply understanding what's really going on for them and how to help I mean it's it that even that can be really hard can't it because I know there are many times I knew exactly what to do but wasn't in the space myself to be able to do it but but not even to actually know or understand what on earth was going on that would make it so much harder so you know for anyone who's listening who's who's experienced that and how hard it is to go what on earth do I do right now my child is hitting how do I respond in a compassionate way that is actually also really helpful and is going to actually support them to stop hitting I mean it's really really hard so yay yes because they you know we often we often say you know where's the manual yeah we get we come home from the hospital with our baby where's the manual and I feel that aware parenting has absolutely given me the manual because it gives you not over that not just that understanding of what to do but why your baby and child are behaving that way and so looking at it from a deeper level rather than just oh they're hungry or they're annoyed with their sibling there's there's deeper things that goes on and and to have that that understanding and that depth of connection with your child is is just amazing because a, it's so rewarding, but also it's fun and it and it 
you enjoy your children. I enjoy my children more knowing what they need and being able to give them. Like at the moment, I'm watching Stranger Things, which if anybody has watched Stranger Things, it's a very stressful show to watch. But <laughs> but it's just that's I know that that's what my teenager needs me to connect with her in that way. So it just changes and it just helps immensely. Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm so right. impressed. I was watching some things with my son and daughter and they were just like this was like I watched so several and I just kept thinking about them because I was so scared and I was like I'm, re- I'm really sorry I'm just not going to watch this anymore so. awful but it's so good but it's so scared and stressful <laughs> anyway anyway returning to the young yes. years or I mean and also recently for you as well but um so travel we've both been on many planes with our children yes. very long very very long journeys often it's about Often they about 26 hours, doesn't it, include and stopovers usually in yeah. various places around the world. I've stopped over in between uh, Sydney and London. So um, where should we start? What kinds of things? Should we start with preparation? Are there things that you found really helpful to prepare your ch- child, your children and yourself before going on long <laughs> trips? Well, I think it's just really important to remember just to apply the aware parenting principles because, you know, when you know when you're you're getting ready for a trip away and it's if it's a big trip away, there's so much to organize. There's so much to do planning, washing, getting the horse, you know, the house sorted, getting rid of the dog, you know, and there's all these things that um, that you can then focus on those and and just sort of completely forget about your child (laughs) and just let them. just get on with things you know I'll be with you in a minute I've just got all this stuff to do um but actually what that does is that then sets you up to have a, a more stressful trip and experience because your child's then got all these accumulated feelings that you're not listening to at the time and then they're they're getting stressed because they're seeing all of this change and depending on how old they are they don't understand but they can sense that something's happening and you're really busy and perhaps you're stressed so that can increase the upset feelings that they might be having so yeah, I think preparation is, is really important and without sort of feeling, oh my God, it's one thing to do with my to-do list, but to, to remember to listen to your baby or your young child, to remember to do special time and to actively schedule it in and tick it off on your list because it's just as important as all those other things that you have to do. So, so important. I, I remember two of the main things that I found really helpful. Number one was to really maximize the amount of listening to feelings I was doing already. I was, I was seeing it like a cup, like basically the, the more I could <laughs> help them have less feelings sitting in the cup, the, the less likely that cup was going to be just overflowing all the time, particularly on the plane and when we arrived there. So I really, and I, and I remember how hard that was with all the packing and all the stress and the cleaning house and all the things but I, it made such a huge difference. So I, you know, I learned each time, okay, the more I can really maximize as much as possible listening for them, which also meant like often increasing my own listening uh, that I was receiving so that you could listen to more. Um, That was really helpful. And the other thing I used to do is um, we had some little books about traveling on planes that we would read. So we'd read, read books and read stories and play little games like, you know, putting, putting, um, chairs in lines and pretending to get on the plane or you know, like where are we going and who's and who's the pilot and that kind of thing so that that was also fun to get them used to it and I remember also having things like do you remember those little um suitcases that when they well I remember when they first came out you might not remember that but they used to sit on and like roll yes on. yes I've seen those. I think, like, yeah they're cool can't remember anyway trunkies I think trunkies. 
when they first came out, I remember getting those and and so we'd have them at home. So for weeks beforehand, going everywhere on their trunkies and putting things in the case. And so that was really fun. So a bit of play to get them used to like what, what on earth was going to be happening when they were traveling. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't do any of that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's really, it's, yeah, because that preparation so that they know that, you know, what's happening and it's not too scary because there's lots of people. And and I think it's the confinement that they've just got to sit there. Um, and as your children get older, then they can they can watch TV and be immensely excited about it. Just like, go for your life, watch as much TV as you like. But when they're little, they're not so interested in that, are they? So I know, and I remember uh, early years when I was really like, you know me you remember how I was I was like no I'm not willing for them to watch any screens even though it's a 26 hour flight <laughs> really did you do it without to... screens but the first few years yeah until they got a bit older oh no, I went really hardcore and one time I did it with just um washable nappies I remember that one and one time I did it with EC Marianne. like no nappy nappy free oh <laughs> I really made it hard for myself <laughs> You are amazing. Wow. I'm like, please watch as much TV as you can. I did go that way. Yeah. As much chocolate, as much screens, whatever. Just, just. But really, so you did it without screens. Yeah. Wow. Tell me, how did you yeah. do that? So, well, that was the next thing I used to do is I used to, in the weeks and months beforehand, I'd go and buy just little things, like not major, I didn't spend a bazillion dollars, but like little, you know, a new little pad and little pens and little tiny things that were little puzzles or bits of Play-Doh, those tiny little Play-Dohs with the little yes. thing. So I'd get them a whole load of new things as well. So over the trip, like every time there was a you know that you know there was another hour gone by the 26 hours I'd be like hey guess what else I've got for you would you like to see the next new thing so that that was really helpful that that helped instead of the screens <laughs> wow I am so impressed because I did do that a bit and I also liked those um somebody told me this about the magnetic drawing boards just a little one um that you can just keep redrawing that yeah. and that was brilliant and sometimes the plane, the you know, the airlines will give them to you, but those were really good. I got those for my kids because then we can just draw random stuff. And I would find I would do drawing whilst I was watching like the Downton Abbey series or something. <laughs> yes, <dear. laughs> but so you could still sort of engage with your children whilst also. Because that's also the thing, you know, you also want to enjoy your trip as well. Um, I'm just, I'm just speechless <laughs> that you managed to do that entire trip without the screens. <laughs> I'm so impressed. So yeah, so that's you can you can do it both ways. I do also want to add, I have had some of my most painful parenting moments on airplanes, or actually in airports, stopovers in Singapore Airport. Mm -hmm. I think some of my most stressful parenting times when we're halfway through, and I was tired and stressed and stretched, and um, sometimes we were travelling home because there were you know big things happen. Like the one time when my dad was really sick and. I just remember sometimes feeling so overwhelmed and so stretched yeah. and so stretched and being, you know, agitated and responding in not ways that I didn't enjoy. I can remember once in a in an airport toilet with the two of them, and one time, you know, just just the the hardness. That, so this was me traveling on my own with the two of them. I just really want to acknowledge if anyone's doing that, even if if you're in a couple, but let alone as one parent with one or more children, how mm. big that is. It's so, it's a huge thing, all the things that you need to be doing. And yeah, I just remember feeling 
really stressed at times walking through long airport um, terminals trying to carry everything and you know encourage everyone and be empathic and it's quite hard and the sound reverberates in the terminal it's not a quiet place to <laughs> to listen to feelings it's like the sound is amplified um but also it's really stressful because you've got all these people around you and you feel really embarrassed like certainly before I got really comfortable with aware of parenting because as I said at the beginning you know I was going this is really weird nobody listens to babies who does this <laughs> and you know not really appreciating that listening to tantrums is actually really good I think oh my god I've done something wrong that my child is tantruming in the first place let alone now listening to it and so then when you know it's one thing to do all of aware parenting in the comfort and privacy of your own home but let alone in front of thousands of people who don't understand what you're doing or, or appreciate that uh, it is helpful for your children to release their feelings rather than just constant distraction. So um, it's very stressful to, to be there when you've got all these people around you and you know that people, as soon as they see that they're seated next to a mum with two small children, their heart will sink <laughs> because they'll just go, oh God, this is going to be a nightmare. Um, but aware parenting helps it to not be a nightmare. And, and, and it just, it, it makes it so much easier because now um, I've just traveled back to the UK on my own, which was amazing to be the first time, like what my daughter's 14, nearly 14. So first time in 13, 14 years on my own, totally different experience. But then witnessing other families who are then going through it. And there was this couple and whose baby screamed for like hour, literally hours. You just felt so sorry for them. And, um, you know, they're not going to want to hear about aware parenting in the middle of all of that. But you just know that they're just feeling so self-conscious in front of all these people. And, you know, those of us who've gone through it just feel so sorry for them, you know, and, and you know, sympathetic towards them and also quietly grateful that it's not us having to deal with it. So and it's trying to also block out that judgment of, from other people too, just going, I can't think about anybody else. I've just got to focus on my own children. Yes, and yeah, what I, I just found it. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, yeah hard, very hard. Um, the thing I, in terms of that couple as well, the really interesting thing to think about as well is that if if a child hasn't been listened to, so they haven't, they haven't, their feelings haven't been listened to. Often, when we get to, you know, particularly on a plane, um, or you know, anywhere that's sitting still, often and particularly with you know, if we're a parent or parents with them, it's like this undivided attention um, and presence. And then there's also the stillness. So if there are ways that the child uh, usually distracts themselves from their feelings, for example, through moving around a lot, often that's the ideal opportunity to catch up on all the unexpressed feelings, which is so often why, um, one of the reasons why babies and children do tend to cry big on planes is because they're, they're sitting still, so they're not moving. They're often, there isn't the usual ways to distract themselves and we're there with them. So all of those qualities together often mean, you know, of course, all the, all the crying that's been accumulating over time comes out, as well as all the other things of the stresses and the, the noise and the different sensations in their ears and, um, you know, the unknownness and the scariness and all the people and all the, you know, I just remember going through airports and like all the bazillions of shops and lights and so much stimulation. So, of course, you know, there's all that as well. But so, of course, babies and children will 
will tend to cry. But that, you know, that's it's really that opportunity for them. I'm also remembering one time I was on a plane. Uh, just it was just a short flight down to Sydney. I was probably coming down to to you, Helen, and coming when oh. we did all those workshops together. And there was a little, uh, there was a mum and a baby sitting in the seat right in front of me. And uh, so I could kind of see, you know, and you can see through the seats. Yeah. And every time she turned him around to to look at her, he would start crying. And she kept turning him away and say, oh, you don't like me. You don't like me. You don't like looking at me. And I, I felt so heartbroken. So at the end, I kind of just, and I've done this many times on planes, tried to, to say a little something empathic to people as I, I waited so that I could be right next to her. And I, and I can't remember something like, I said something like, oh, um, what did I say? So, oh gosh, every saw that every time he looked at you, he felt so connected that he that he was telling you how he felt, or something like that. I mean, I said it in a shorter form than that. But so often, I try and say in airports, or I used to say to people if their child was crying, "Oh, yeah, I I want to cry right now too." Isn't it? Isn't it wonderful that children can let it all out? Or gosh, you know, just trying to give a little sentence or two of empathy to parents so that they know, oh, you know, actually. <laughs> Of course, your child is crying. It's big and it's overwhelming and it's scary, and they're with you. And yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with them, and there's nothing wrong with you. And yeah, yeah that's so wonderful. That's so beautiful, and and so sad. And this is again the beauty of aware parenting because it explains why the baby is crying when sees he looks at his mum. Yes. Whereas you know she would view it that oh, it's because he doesn't love me and you know he, oh, I'm doing something wrong and he doesn't like me and it's not that at all it's in fact it's the complete opposite um and I, I and I, yeah I think what you're saying about the fact that babies will cry more because we're with them there's no distractions so it's not so even if you know we do listen to crying before we get on the plane it's not a sign that there's anything wrong or that you haven't done anything wrong it's you're absolutely right by having that uh, that sort of focused presence <laughs> unbroken for like 25 hours um but yeah you're right that that will bring up more feelings and and so it, you know your babies can cry more on the plane yeah we can think about that for ourselves can't we like if you're with a, a partner for example and you just it's just the two of you sitting playing for 26 hours it might be also an opportunity to say some things that we haven't got around to saying or to be heard if we're not distracting ourselves with the other things that we can on a plane lots of other distractions as adults but yeah so normal yes you're right my husband used to want to talk to me on the plane <laughs> I, I don't want to talk to you I want to watch all these movies that I can't that you refuse to watch with me <laughs> but yeah he wanted to connect and I'm like no but this is the days before Netflix when it was very exciting to be able to choose everything but yes <laughs> but yeah having that sort of focused connection time does bring up upset feelings so yeah the other thing I used to do as well in those hardcore days is I used to like find, uh, so I used to, if they needed to cry, I'd go into the to to the toilets on the plane and listen to some feelings in there because I thought at least it's blocking out some of the sounds. But yeah. And I, every time, every stopover as well, like before getting on the plane, I'd go into the toilets and, and listen to some feelings. I'd be like, anytime we could, I'd be like, let's listen to some more feelings. And I did find that helpful, like for the rest of the time, like actually on the plane, generally then they didn't need to cry because they've had every other opportunity. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's just so big. So. Yeah, I used to. Sorry, I used to set the timer. I'd go, okay, I'm going to listen for five to 10 minutes solid 
on the plane if it was if if George was kicking off and I'm going I'm I'm just going to dedicate so I'd get I'd get my phone out and I'd either set the stopwatch or a timer just so then I could have some sense of perspective about what time because you know if you're listening for five minutes with a plane full of hundreds of people it can feel like an eternity and so if you just have that reference that okay it's only five minutes or it's only 10 minutes we can do this and people around me can cope with it for 10 minutes um because that that 10 minutes is going to be so powerful and like you said you know when you've listened in the in the toilets I found listening for concentrated time for five to 10 minutes at the beginning of a flight or whenever it happened, whenever he started to cry, just made such a difference because then he was much more settled for the rest of the flight. And when I traveled, cause I traveled first with Emily before doing aware parenting, she would have been, it actually, it I know when I found out about you for aware parenting was when I was in England, <laughs> I was having a nightmare. And that's when a friend recommended you to me going, you should have a session with Marion Rose. I'm going, oh my God, yes, because this is horrendous. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so I traveled without doing aware parenting and oh my gosh. And putting her in the bassinet to go to sleep, you try and put it down. She's just thinking she's on show and sitting there waving at everybody. Then you just get them to sleep. And then there's a tiny bit of turbulence and I'm going, I'm sure it's fine. I do not want to wake my waking baby, but you have to take your baby out of the bassinet. And it was so stressful. And I remember sitting next to somebody else, um, another family, and they're going, oh, well, we're now going to follow our routine on the England time. And I'm going, gosh, you're very organized. I don't even have a routine. (laughs) And so they were following that routine. And initially it looked like it was working, but then it, it all went to pot. You know, it didn't really work and again I know beauty of aware parenting is you don't have to have strict routines in order to sort of manage your child's emotions and sleep you can just have that appreciation of what they need and then things flow a lot easier um so yeah it does it just makes an absolute world of difference so yes have a timer have your phone out and just set a time and go okay I'm going to listen for 10 minutes and then you can in, and then in your mind you can go everybody you can cope with 10 minutes because this is going to be better than the hours that might happen otherwise yeah and I, I really love that you say that because it is that wonderfulness isn't it that if if we if we're really present and we're going yeah I'm really here to listen and they can let it out like big like a big expression that yeah. is that's gonna they're gonna actually release those feelings from their bodies which might be the equivalent of seven hours of low grade you know half crying because which is so hard and so hard for that is hard for me on the plane to hear oh gosh right so really remembering that actually that ongoing kind of um low grade crying that actually just you know really being with them for a short period of time so they can really let it out yes it is going to be louder and um but yeah it's going to be much easier for everybody ourselves included than generally than that like hours and hours of like uh crying or even kind of the, that whining which is again you know those feelings that are not quite going to come out in a, a beautiful cry yeah yeah no absolutely it makes such a difference should we talk about play as well Yes, you want to do some play thing? I, yes. was, I was more, you know, in the early days, I was more like, that's all about the crying. Crying! There's some about the play. We'd love to hear. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking, as they get older. So this, again, is the beauty of having done aware parenting with my son from birth. It's just like, yeah, this is just what we're going to do. So um, what we used to do at the gate. So I've got seven years between my two children. So, you know, we would traveled. Oh, we haven't traveled with COVID. But before then... So having to deal with a child and a and a baby, a stroke young child. So play is a really good way to to 
to do both at once. And what we would do is just in the gate um, area is obviously this is after all your lovely preparation at home, but uh, to, to, we just did a chasing game. And at the time Frozen was out. And so uh, Emily used to love sort of like going ice <laughs> and shooting ice out of her palms at me. And then I would have to stand still and then it would be fire. And then I could move again and run around again. And so we, I mean, it wasn't a big area obviously and uh you can feel a bit self-conscious to begin with because you're just like everybody else is sitting and not doing anything and I'm just running around like a lunatic but doing that and and incorporating that sort of ice and fire or whatever your child wants to do but it gives them control and power um and helps them feel a bit more in charge which helps to offset all those hours and hours that they're going to just have to sit still and be quiet and can't do anything. And it's boring. So having that intense, and again, it doesn't have to be long. It can be five to 10 minutes. And we found that other children were like looking on the outside and they wanted to go, I want to do that. So sometimes we then end up with a little posse of kids and we're just sort of running around <laughs> and, um, and that made a huge difference. That was really good. And it was fun too. It was good for me. And so it meant that they could run and get energy out but it's different than just letting your children sort of running around or going to the playground at the terminal because you're connecting with them and you're giving them that, that chance of being in control and chasing is always, I just think chasing games, such a simple fun game that you can do anywhere, but, and adding those extra elements of ice <laughs> really helped. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yum. <laughs> uh, what about arriving there like games for rival listening to feelings for rival oh god you're probably exhausted by that stage because you haven't slept for very long. can I just say I also just want to say that um I traveled quite a lot on my own with my children because I would go out earlier and then my husband would come back later and I often found it easier traveling on my own because <laughs> my husband didn't do a lot of these things and so then I found it um I actually found it more straightforward and easier that I was then in charge doing it. So you might feel a bit anxious about, oh God, I'm, I'm traveling on my own with my two children, but uh, you're in control more. And um, I actually found it easier uh, to say overall because I was, because Evan wouldn't do any of this running around nonsense, but I just did. You just get on with it. It's fine. Anyway. Um, yeah. Getting there because when you're on holiday, you're either going to see family and friends and so you're just so consumed with them or you're off to different places and looking around and again it can be easy just to sort of forget to do the basics of special time and listening to upset feelings so did you ramp it up did you do more listening when you were away I, was I probably really, did less it's but required of me to do more because <laughs> I, mean, I was just my microphone's being a bit funny. I'm feeling a bit upset about that. Anyway. You sound good. It's sounding crackling to me. Anyway, if you're listening, it's crackling. I'm really sorry. I'm going to get a new microphone. Anyway. Um, yeah, I remember thinking like as early as, oh, this is going to be so fun. And I'm going back to England. I'm going to see your friends. And I'm going to, and my parents are going to get to see my baby. It's going to be wonderful. And then I remember just like feeling um quite overwhelmed often because it's like the amount of crying required seemed to triple there's already lots anyway and seeing all those signs of accumulated feelings like the the not sleeping and the just being agitated antsy and it was like you know just just really 
just it's so clear being so so clear and really seeing that that was really required and if I didn't you know made everything really really hard I do remember aiming to do like trying to distract them at times like to get in the car like snacks here's some and you know snacks from England England snacks I don't know (laughs) but um yeah I really remember at times being really surprised that oh my gosh realizing how much this affects them because you know of course for, for us and especially if it's you know, going back to going back to the country that we grew up in it's familiar of course for them it's completely unfamiliar all the sounds and the smells and if you're going on holiday as well like it's so much unfamiliarity and for children that can be really overwhelming so just how normal and natural it is for them to feel overwhelmed to feel confused to feel scared and to feel powerless as you were saying earlier and to have a lot of feelings to express about that and I think again to factor that in because I think in the early days I was thinking oh this is great this is gonna be a holiday and actually realizing to factor in this is also going to be a lot it's going to require a lot and to um, also factor in like listening support with friends back home like back in those days that would have been on phone or skype but there's so many ways now to to connect in i think that's really vital even if you're on holiday and i know that might sound a bit funny but to actually have at least one empathy buddy on hand to just be calling whatever um and particularly even the things like that those early days if you if you're traveling somewhere um a long long way away that the being in different time zone and the all sleep changes and how that can affect everyone. I remember that being quite hard at times, like waking up in the middle of the night, then the children wake up at a different time and their tiredness yes. meaning more feelings come up and my tiredness meaning more of my feelings coming up. And then if we're visiting family, all the feelings that can be stirred up because we're remembering childhood memories. So it just can be a lot, just like a lot. So factoring that up in beforehand can really help rather than that disappointment of, I thought this was going to be really easy. It's like, yeah, it might, if we are prepared, it can make it more easy. Yes. There's that disconnect, isn't there, from the, I, this is how it's going to be, and it's going to be wonderful, I'm just going to have the best time, and then, oh, my God, I've got children. <laughs> I need to deal with them. Because so I found that, because I found uh, going back home, and for those of you who do live overseas from your parents, I was used to being a daughter and a sister back at home, and suddenly now I'm a mother, and I'm like, oh, this, I'm not expecting this. And also because I'm doing this weird thing where you listen to your children's feelings. <laughs> Nobody does that. So you know, that, that did make it more stressful. And car journeys, I remember that long, I had a terrible car journey in England when I wasn't doing aware parenting, that was the catalyst to calling you, Marion. It was awful. And she just cried for hours. And I, and I kept stopping and pulling over and getting her out and holding her and listening, you know, not listening to her, but just like cuddling her to make her stop and then putting her back in the car seat and then driving again. And oh my God, it was so stressful. Um, so stressful and also it was stressful with you know family and friends reactions to me doing this weird thing where you listen to feelings because very few people did it and so you know that compounded so yeah there were elements of the holidays that were not enjoyable at all in those early days whereas now it's like well this is just what we do we listen to feelings and I take my child off and um but yeah, and I would take them off. So I would take them to the bedroom and close the door and just going, I'm just dealing with them. I'm just getting them to sleep and uh, and just going, don't worry about it. It's under control. And then, and then I just listened to like an hour of feelings. Um, 
and it, just remembering to factor that in. But the first time I went over when I was a new mom, I didn't do any of that. But now I'm just like, well, this is just what I do. And this is how it is. And my children are much better as a result of it. And it's, it's good. But yeah, taking them away, I think you've got a tip about taking them away, haven't you? From Yeah, so that's what I always, always used to get a, a hire car. And especially like by staying with friends in particular, or just like places or like, I don't know, holiday places where it's like loads of people around. And I would just go, okay, we're just going to sit in the car, going to sit in the car again and listen to some more feelings, or even just doing play in the car and sitting in the car and you know, letting them pretend to drive and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a, again, <laughs> I'm thinking of my children that some of their memories I have is crying in toilets, in airports, <laughs> and crying in cars. Fun times. Luckily, I've saved up for their therapy bills already. <laughs> Um, no. yeah the other thing I, I love what you said well I don't love what you said I'm, I'm sending you so much love that first trip in the car but this is also really relevant anytime you go in the car and I know we've both spoken to many uh, parents over the years with this really helpful thing because so many parents used to come to me in early days and yeah, even had parents come and say I didn't go anywhere for six, I mean I know this yes. is now with what's happening in the last two years but I didn't go anywhere with my baby for the first six months because they cried every time they were in the car and again the wonderfulness about aware parenting is the more that we're listening to their feelings in our at home when they have feelings to share with us express those releasing from their bodies um the more likely that they can be in a car for short periods of time and those feelings not bubble up because so often being in a car helps them connect with birth memories, that confinement. Um, again, they're not able to, the usual forms of distraction are usually not there as well as the new experience as well. So I found that's been transformational for so many parents to actually go, oh, we really, you know, we can listen to things before, similar to the plane. We listen to things before we get in the yeah. car. And then, when, you know, at the end of the day, when we get home so that you can actually go out and about and, and enjoy things and future not to be crying in the car on their own which is not really the ideal thing because the, the preference always is for them to be crying with our loving support and if they're a baby in our loving arms so I love that you mentioned that yeah. that can be transformative content it is because yes I, I've heard you know I just didn't do anything and, and we want to live our lives enjoyably and and again where parenting gives us the tools to be able to help our children to do that and I would then gauge being in the car that would be my gauge for George whether he needed more listening to feelings because if I listen to his feelings really um well or proactively he would sit in the car from a little age from a young baby and be quite content mm. um because we had to because we had to do school pickup we, we had no option of just not traveling so he had to go in the car but I found that when then when he's when I noticed him crying more in the calm going okay that's a sign that you've just got more feelings and I think that's also important to to know that when we're traveling or and we want to show off our babies and our children to our, our family and we want to go and have fun with them and so then we can go oh my god my child's being a nightmare um but actually it's not that it's just it's just a sign that they have upset feeling it's not that there's anything wrong or that you're doing anything wrong it's just okay that's a, just an indication that they do have upset feelings and so then you know then that they need perhaps a little bit more listening or a little bit more play. It's not that there's anything terribly wrong and using that as another reason to go, oh God, I'm a crap mum. It's just going, no, it's just, just, it's completely understandable that they've got upset feelings. Yeah, so normal. It's big. It's like, it's really good for them. 
just like birthday parties, you know, it can be really enjoyable experiences, but they can still feel overwhelmed and confused and all kinds of feelings, which is completely normal. Yeah. And just on the car, because we used to, well, we do a lot of camping. And obviously when you're in a tent, there's no soundproof. It's just nothing. Everybody can hear everything. Uh, so I would go in the car and I would often drive down a little uh, country lane where nobody could hear me and see me. And then I, especially for nap times, and then I'd go, right, let's go for it. And, you know, then I'd listen to big feelings there. As I got more comfortable with aware parenting, I would do more listening at the campsite. But, you know, you've got thousands of people around you. They don't need to listen to an hour's worth of crying. So the car is a very uh, valuable tool to you know to go and to drive somewhere else and to just or just even to close the doors and just listen and I've done that actually even with tantrums I've with my son what last year pre-covid god do you remember that life um when we were camping and, and I don't remember <laughs> so he would have been about five at the time and he you know having a great time we were with a couple of other families it was brilliant but then you can just see that he was just getting to losing it he was starting to really lose it and getting angry and cross so I went right we are going in the car <laughs> and I didn't even drive anywhere and just closed the doors and he just went for it just a massive tantrum in the car which actually I find is a really good place to listen to tantrums because it is a confined space um and it was it was brilliant just having that space that opportunity to really listen to feelings take him away from his friends and everybody around and just have that one-on-one -on -one time where he could just completely let rip then we got out of the car it was very hot and sweaty because <laughs> we're in Australia camping um but it was brilliant and then he could just go back and play with friends again and, and just back to being lovely and I'm like right I need a glass of wine after that because that was quite intense <laughs> but um but just knowing um, that that I could have that opportunity to take him away and proactively listen to him so we could all enjoy the holiday rather than him just getting more and more ratty and nightmare difficult yeah mm. um I, I have a couple of memories of travel and I'd love to share them I wonder if you do too um I'm remembering one time when it was just Alana so she would have been about maybe three and a half or something and we'd gone ice skating because ice skating was my one of my favorite things as a teenager as you know and I'm like oh great we can go I can take her ice skating and uh and she had lots of feelings because yeah, as all the things we've mentioned and I remember like halfway through she just started crying and crying and we both got ice skates on and she started like we, were, we got off the ice she started crying crying like kicking her legs and I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to safely get ice skates off here. No. So I just, so we just sat in the room where everyone puts the skates on and I just kind of, I had really long hair. She do have again now. And I kind of put my head over and I just made sure that, you know, she, if she was kicking her legs, that was not kicking me or her or anybody and just listen and listen. And she, yeah, she had like a, quite a big cry, maybe about 45 minutes of full on intense crying. And I just, and because I was relatively new then, of course, you know, her being three and three and a half-ish, um, I just kept thinking, well, you know what, if even one parent just goes, especially in England, that culture of suppression, that's really interesting. That mother didn't punish and she didn't send her to town. She listened and gosh, at the end, she, that little girl was really calm and, and colours up and that's really interesting, isn't it? Like even if one person put that, so that was not, I, I always remember that I can, I can, picture myself right there <laughs> I wonder if you have any experiences like that that you remember 
Um, well, not necessarily like that, but anything that really jumps out. Yeah, I don't think I was as quite as uh, inspirational as you at that age, that at that stage, but one. <laughs> <laughs> one time, but still, still, it's really good. Uh, I just remember just finding it hard because nobody else did it like I was doing it. So yeah, I would just take take away. Actually, there was time when I went back and um, I mean, this is to do with general stuff, but it was my brother's wedding. And um, and George was the youngest, he was three and we were gonna have to be, he was definitely gonna have to be quiet and sit still and behave himself. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. Um, so just proactively playing with him, running around, you know, my finery <laughs> before the wedding uh, in a, it was in a lovely country estate, but just, I don't know, I took him at a back garden somewhere and, and just running around and being really proactive um, and just playing and, the cha again chasing game I just love chasing game it's just easy and you just do it anywhere and um and I think people again thought I was a bit weird <laughs> because who does that before a wedding you know you're focused on getting yourself ready and and then you just tell your children that they have to be quiet and that you tell them that they just have to sit still or you bribe them or whatever so um I knew that that wasn't going to work for George because that's just not how we do things and because we were away and out of our comfort zone and we'd done lots of traveling within Britain. So he was even less likely to be able to sit still just because I've told him to. So that, that connection, that running around um, and uh, really playing with him beforehand. And I think we did a bit of ice again, that ice and fire game. Um, that meant that he then was able to, to sit. He was then able to sit and, 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 do what I asked him to do because we'd had that connection. So it's being very proactive, more proactive than in your everyday life because you're not in your comfort zone. You've got people around you who probably don't do what you do and might look at you going, what are you doing? Um, so there's all of that tension, which can make you really tense too. And what you were saying earlier on about having somebody to call is really important because there were times that I would just, because of the time delay, when I, I was in England, my Australian um, buddies were asleep. So I would just leave a WhatsApp message going, oh my God, everybody's driving me crazy. I can't do this. My kids are driving me up the wall, blah, 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 blah. That was it. And, and leave a message. And that was all I needed to do. I remember, to one, of those, I remember one of those calls. <laughs> Marion, I think I've given you quite a few actually. <laughs> yeah. And they're so important. It's so needed. Yes. And even if the person can't, is not there, just to have that outlet, because as a mum, you're holding it together. You're there for your children's emotions. You're holding and managing them. And that's exhausting. And it all builds up. And you've got perhaps people going, what are you doing? And you're out of your comfort zone. You're so much blah, 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 blah. So you need that outlet too. So yeah, that's really, really important. Just to even just leave a WhatsApp message going, oh, and that can change your whole day. Just that couple of minutes venting yeah. changes everything yeah all happening so, yes thank you marion for listening to my <laughs> my pleasure i just remember that in the early days when i didn't there weren't many people that i knew practicing web parenting i think the first year i went and i was like i remember just feeling so overwhelmed and really needing that so it was so helpful in later years to go oh gosh this makes all the difference really really does yeah. actually i just want to acknowledge you because you uh, I mean, you did this without having people around you. I had to have the reassurance that other people did this weird thing and you just did it. And I mean, look what you've created. It's amazing. So, 
yeah, it's really amazing what you've done, Marion. Okay, so thank you. So exciting seeing we're parenting now and imagine what's going to be like in another 20 years. Ah! Yeah, yeah, amazing. I wanted to share one story um, was without the crying, without the crying and the playing. I remember one one day, and I think I'm also wanting to reminisce. I remember one day we were traveling from, I think, London to Devon or back, and we were stopping off at what's that place where it's the the safari park, but it also has like all the rides and stuff like that. Have you been to that one? It's somewhere in England. Mm. I can't remember where it was. Wobanabi Safari Park. Thought been that one. Has Pat World there? So there was a particular desire for my kids to go to Pat World, and I really remember we going there and lots of driving and going to different places and sunny because we did uh, elimination communication so we did the whole nappy free thing and I just remember he had so many feelings and he was just like weeing everywhere <laughs> Every, I had about three pairs of trousers and just weeing everywhere it's like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed and he really needs to cry and I cannot listen and I cannot play and I just was just like it was really hard I'm I, I just again want to say some days you might not be able to play or connect or phone a friend or listen to feelings and just lots of love to you in those days because they are hard. Yes, and and you might also notice that your child starts to do control patterns because actually when I went over with George, who I did wear parenting from birth, but we went over from when he was three or four months old for Christmas time and so it was really busy time and he started sucking his thumb and I'm going, no! <laughs> my beautiful wear burning babies that's like some but also just needs must sometimes and I didn't I couldn't listen to all the feelings that I needed to when I was on holiday but I did when I came back so you know even if you're away and it's not going perfectly and you notice some things that you just go oh I really wish you weren't doing that you can you can always help when you come back so don't feel you have to get it all perfectly and do everything right when you're on holiday uh there's a there's an element of mixing up of enjoyment and and helping and supporting your children and then knowing that you, you you'll be home and you can help listen and play then too yeah i love that so yeah you can come home you can also get get to share your feelings because there often will be lots of feelings with your own empathy buddy or friend or whoever listens and yeah, catching up on him crying and playing and all the things there's going to be plenty of time for all of that yes 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 <sighs> but traveling you can do it and you can have a lovely time and and you don't also have to only travel or go on holiday with fellow aware parents as well because you can you can do your aware parenting thing uh you can either do it in front of them or you can take them away, your children away to a room or a car. You don't have to just be like, okay, I can only do this with, I can only holiday with aware parents. <laughs> you can do it with everybody. And, um, and you might inspire people like Marion in the, in the ice skating place. You never know. You never know who's watching and who might go, wow, that's actually really amazing. I want to do that too. Yes. Or you can go and do it for, in secret, which is better to tell Yes. <laughs> Anything else that you didn't get to say that you would like to say about this whole traveling holidays, cars, trains, buses, boats, planes? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that that, I think we've covered the proactive, the, the really listening, and sometimes you might need to do more, um, getting your own support and venting, going off listening in secret or <laughs> in a car or, 
or just then listen as you need to and enjoy and and again just and if you need the remembering you know that was another thing actually when I first started I would uh we didn't have podcasts didn't have podcasts in my day but we did have little booklets <laughs> and and, um, and books and so I would take them on holiday with me and I so that when um Emily was a toddler and I found it quite challenging I would reread so you know come listen to the where parenting podcast have that and which is so much more accessible now um, but have that just as a reminder if you start to lose it and you're going nobody else is doing this or this is really hard just come have that have your sorry have your books or your your podcasts and just listen again to just remind yourself why you're doing this and the benefits of it and just get back in touch with with that again I found that really helpful too and perhaps you'd like to um, bookmark this episode and that's a lovely segue as well Helena because you have a podcast as well and I think you've actually just done an episode on something similar as well have you, have you what is that true funny you should say that Marion because yes I do <laughs> that actually was not an intentional segue just to be clear <laughs> was this my own remembrance yes I um so I'm Helena Mooney from Parenting with Play so I have the Parenting with Play podcast it's a lot of um so yes we I cover lots of things and in interview and Marion I think was you were my first guest on my podcast a while ago um which is great so yeah come and check out Parenting with Play podcast and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Helena Mooney Parenting with Play so come and check me out there too and you also have lots of lovely offerings so do you want to share a bit about your offerings and I know you've got something as well so I'd love for you to share all of those Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, Marion and I have this beautiful Aware Parenting Babies program, which is so gorgeous. And everything is in there that Marion taught me about babies. And then I share my baby experiences and you get to see videos of me listening to baby George when he was a beautiful, cute little baby. Now he's a rambunctious seven-year-old and Marion listening. And um, so that's a really, that's Aware Parenting Babies. I just love that. And then I also have my own program called Annoying to Amazing, which is for children. So if you've got children age one to seven, um, yeah, with one, six, seven, age six, seven, that's a really good program. That's really, really comprehensive where we talk a lot about play, a lot about what's going on in your child's brain, um, listening to feelings, getting your own support, setting loving limits, how to deal with traveling and aggressive behavior and anxiety and all the things. So that's Annoying to Amazing. Um, and uh, I'm actually just running a free workshop on playful discipline, just to really introducing playful discipline, discipline. So if you really want to know how to use play to help your child, again, with anxiety or aggression or traveling or anything, um, that's at uh, parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash playful. So come and check that out. Thank you, Marion. Oh, and your as you you know, I always say to you, Helena, your videos, I love them so much and how you how you express things. I so recommend all of your courses and offerings. So please come and come and check them out. Do you have a few smaller ones still? Do you still have those smaller ones? I've got four days to better bedtimes. I do have better bedtimes because sleep, oh goodness, sleep. If you don't sleep and that sleep can be such a nightmare. So yes, I have a sleep, a mini sleep course, which will take you through the different areas to really help your child uh, sleep better and for bedtimes to be more enjoyable. So yes. And I'm looking 
looking at doing other things and actually I'm about to um working on a tween and young teens because as our children develop older we need to know how to do that so yeah I'm just working on that so if you um follow me on insta or facebook I, you'll see me posting about that soon yay and i'll share the links for those in the show notes as well so if anyone wants to come and see but it's um uh, do you want to say that your website name again just so that people can, can get yeah sure it's parentingwithplay.com.au thank you oh well i so enjoyed it it's so yummy and it's like an opportunity to reminisce at the same time as sharing about all of this so thank you lovely i so appreciate you and uh, your friendship and your amazingness as an aware parenting instructor and what you bring to the world so thank you so much for being on here and your podcast as well so if you've just listened to this and listen to more i invite you to come and come and listen to helena's podcast next Thank you so much. Thank you. And likewise, Marion, again, I find it inspirational that you did all of this. You pi- you've pioneered uh, aware parenting in Australia. And now there's so many of us instructors and families that you've touched around, you know, around the world, but particularly in Australia. So thank you. I'm so, so grateful. I don't know. I really don't know how I'd be parenting otherwise. It would just be probably quite a disaster. So this has been, I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, lovely. Touched. Yum, all the love. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners, for, for listening. And I'm so willing for this to have been helpful for you. And actually, I hope we haven't put you off going on holiday. We really could have a wonderful time, I want to say, really can. So, um, so much love and thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.